Welcome to the State of the Theory podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm in India. And we are your theory doctors. Hello. Welcome back. Another episode, another day. What are we talking about? Oscars. Yes. That thing we both care so deeply about. I know. It's really funny. Um, why are we talking about the Academy Awards? Um... We well, the nominations have just been announced for this year for twenty twenty. I guess by the time this goes out, it's been a, a week and a half, couple of weeks since the nominations were announced. Um, and my there, there's something similar. I mean, we spoke about the royal family last time. Uh, there's something similar that connects the way the royal family, on the one hand, and things like Oscars. Nobel Prize, Booker Prize, etc., all appear on my social media timeline, which is my social media timeline is full of people. Whenever whenever any of these institutions feature in the news, my social media timeline is full of people saying, why is everyone talking about this? Except, of course, in saying that, they are talking about it as well. Uh, and I guess one of the things I wanted to figure out uh, in today's episode is be somehow managing to evaluate in as fair a manner as possible the relative importance or otherwise of an institution such as the academy in the, in and, and the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, we on the one hand don't want to say the Oscars are completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter who gets awarded, who gets nominated. And the fact that year after year it's it continues to be a list of white men who become nominated for best director, for example, is not important. But equally, we don't want to say that if next year's Oscars were completely representative in terms of race and gender and whatever, then everything would be hunky-dory. And it's trying to calibrate our own responses where we we treat it as if it matters, in part because it does, if only because people are talking about it. You know, narrative builds on narrative discourse, builds, builds on discourse. But we want to try to understand what matters about it and what doesn't. Yes. What is your relationship to the Academy Awards historically? I haven't had a... A, a huge relationship of any kind. Um, is it covered in in India, which of course has its own film industry? Um, it is. Every now and then, there is a you know the Indian entry for the international award. If it does, if it there is sort of buzz around whether it has a chance or not. Lagan, uh, and and so on, things like that. But uh, otherwise, it's it's covered as foreign news. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've had. I've. No particular, you know, I'll, I'll look at the nominations for whenever it comes out. Sometimes it might make me want to go and see a particular film. Uh, the last one I can think of is, I think, I I perhaps heard of Moonlight because of its Oscar success. Uh, I don't know if I would have known about it had it not been nominated. Really? I don't know. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't have. Interesting. That was the one, that's my one exception to the Academy Awards is Moonlight winning 
was like, I mean, they needed they needed to do it because they had a real image problem that year. They had Moonlight had to win, um, in order for them to kind of protect protect the firm. But that buildup was quite grassroots. I discovered Moonlight on my social media feeds. It was recommended via people whose opinion I trust. And then all of a sudden it's in the Academy Awards and it's like, huh, huh, I wonder why. Um, but yeah, I, I, have no, I have no particular investment in, in the Oscars as, as an institution. And what really fascinates me is how so many people I know on the one hand, claim to have no investment in the Oscars, claim, you know, acknowledge that they're problematic and limited and, you know, pointless and all of the things that that we agree with, but are still angry because their favourite actor or director hasn't won or hasn't been nominated. And those two things confuse me. If I'm not invested in the institution, then why does it matter to me who's been nominated? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that disjunction in people's opinion that certainly going by my timeline isn't always questioned as to why why someone who on the one hand claims to not care clearly cares so much yes and i guess we are using the oscars as a uh as an opportunity to think about politics of representation and the limits of 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 that on the one hand but also the relationship between work and recognition, I guess, and reward, mm-hmm. and, and what kind of work gets rewarded, and what happens to the work once it gets rewarded. I think, I think, you know, discourses change the product, right? Like, Moonlight becomes a different film, I think, once it ha- it comes with the Oscar recognition. Uh, it, if Moonlight hadn't had the Oscar recognition, it would now be a different film. We would be, we would watch it differently. Different yeah. people would watch it, and, and so. not just Moonlight, but all the people involved in the making of that film, and specifically di- the director Barry Jenkins. His, his, the representation of him as a filmmaker is fundamentally different because Moonlight won Best Picture. Yeah. Um. What's your story with Oscars? My story with Oscars. I mean, you can't. I grew up in California, right? You can't escape it. Um, everybody talks about it. Uh, it's all over my newsfeed. I have lots of people. If you grew up in California, and if you are connected to the arts in any way, as I have been, you know people who work in the industry, and you um, are kind of connected to it in various ways. So it's all over my newsfeed. Um, in the more traditional sense of of liberals rightfully being a little bit miffed about the academy's inability to deal with its issues around representation. Um, the, the difference, of course, is I'm not surprised and also I don't really care very much. Partly I don't care because I've inherited a lack of interest from my mom. My mom doesn't care. We never really watched it. I would sometimes stay up and watch it or I'd watch clips of it later um the years the years where i've i've kind of been pleased with a winner i mean i can't even remember who wins um of course i enjoyed moonlight i thought moonlight was a really excellent film it was a really different film it was a film uh that did a lot of different things and i enjoyed watching it um i also thought it was really interesting um the year that lord of the rings return of the king won found that really fascinating um that a genre film one 
the and not just a genre film but a genre film that was the third part of a trilogy um it's not that common um to, you know you know star wars kind of sits up there as well but it's not that common but ultimately they're really boring um there's all there's other controversies as well you know around hosting and um hosting and presenting and all that kind of stuff a few years ago right back when jennifer lawrence shook things up she was good for the brand um changing the way that red carpet interviews go and talking about how hungry she was and complaining about about the kind of standards that women on the red carpet are subject to all that kind of stuff um you know i pay attention to stuff like that but in turn i and i love celebrity gossip like i i find it fascinating i enjoy it i know I know more than you'd think about kind of celebrity gossip. The Academy Awards is not something I care much about. And I, I haven't cared for a long time. Um, why do you think that is? Um, I think because it comes from experience of seeing films get nominated and being like, Why? why that movie like this year the irishman unpopular opinion i'm never gonna watch that movie again i hated the irishman but it's clearly oscar fodder right like yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah i guess this is this okay so the oscar fodder question let's talk about that i think i think this is this really fascinates me there what, there's so many films where you look at and you go that was made with oscars in mind yes so so describe that uh, the one I always go back to is King's Speech. Yes. Not a bad film. Speaking of the monarchy. Exactly. But, you know, I, it, it's it's a perfectly decent film. And I think you, you said this before we turned the machine on that, you know, when we are criticizing filmmakers, this, you know, all of the people we're criticizing are much better filmmakers than we'd ever be. Yeah. I think that, that you know, that, that's, that, that should be said. They're all professionals doing yes. good work. Yes. And being paid well, generally. well. <laughs> uh, not everybody. It's not. It's not a universally well-paid industry by any means. But the be- if if you're up for an Oscar nomination, then um, you're making a you're living. Making, you're, you're okay. Um, but King's Speech, you know, was clearly made with classical British actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the royal family as a marketable product, especially a market marketable product in America. Mm-hmm. Period drama, feel good ending. Uh, and a an a, a, an underdog story, you know. Even though it's the king, it's the king who's not expecting to be king, as it were. Yep, and uh, he can't talk in public. And 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 you know, making it relatable. How how would you feel if you had to give a speech, and and you had a had a had a uh, a bad stammer? All of these things are clear, clearly sort of tick marks, check boxes, right? The, these are the things that will attract an audience and make it more likely to win an Oscar nomination. What about Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, okay. Again, you know, um, a colorful spectacle, a, 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 an exotic country. An underdog story. An underdog story. Um, Children. Very, you know, a, a tear-jerking, you know, that... that when when they took the kids from the from the slums in in, in Bombay to to the Oscars for the for the ceremony, you know, all all of that very carefully packaged, 
very very different film from King's Speech but again Oscar you know Oscar gold dust all around it yes um and I guess one of the things that I'm interested in is in all the demands for you know the Oscar needs to Oscars need to be more more diverse racially there needs to be more recognition of the the amazing work that women women are doing uh the academy needs to be more careful about speaking out against you know sexual harassment domestic abuse stop protecting your darlings all of in all of that important debate are we spending as much time thinking that you know if we want a greta gerwig to to win best director that is made that is going to be more likely to happen if greta gerwig makes an oscarable film and is that what we want is to what extent does that help the cause of diversity in other words what effect does formal recognition award ceremony recognition have on the kind of product that's coming out. Yeah, so I would argue actually, so I haven't seen Lady Bird, but I've seen some of Greta Gerwig's earlier work. Um, and I'm not entirely neutral when it comes to her. She's one of Barnard College's kind of recent, very successful high-profile alumni. Um, I went to Barnard, so yeah. Um, I'm I'm proud of her. Um, but I think Little Women is Oscar fodder. And I think it is it is interesting that we're talking about how the Academy dangling its carrots and waving its sticks creates movies. Certain kinds of movies, mainstream movies that are designed to make a lot of money. And I think Little Women was made because of the Academy. And I think it was seen, and part part of the the kind of anger, and certainly some of the internal anger, I think, to people who are closer in proximity, people who live in LA, or people who have connections to the industry, or um, whatever. One of the reasons they're quite angry about it is because it's a there's a bit of a Hillary Clinton aspect to this. It's a she's followed all the rules. She's been given the the incremental markers of achievement and success she's had nominations she's had her actors do well she's received critical acclaim she's and so her career is progressing along the lines of a kind of preeminent filmmaker and so it's sort of seen little women was seen to be created out of this sort of symbiotic relationship it's time now for her to make her big kid movie to win the big top prizes and little women is made for the academy awards it's always every adaptation of little women that's big budget does get nominated the 1994 version jillian anderson was nominated winona Ryder was nominated for best actress um the the other high profile uh adaptation is the one with katherine hepburn and it is a classic American story made for the classic American audience. And it's a showpiece 
for women actors. There's, it's not an accident that Meryl Streep plays Aunt March. It's not an accident that Laura Dern plays Marmee. It's not an accident that Emma Watson has been dragged out of her other career, which is being an activist um, and a kind of public figure to be in this movie. This was all the art itself props up the reason the Academy exists, which is why I think people find it so personally offensive, why a lot of women find it so personally offensive that it hasn't been recognized because she's followed the rules. She's done, she's done exactly what they've asked and they haven't rewarded her. And to my mind, it's like, of course they haven't. The Academy is your abusive ex-boyfriend. In fact, there are probably members of the Academy who are quite literally an abusive ex-boyfriend. Like, they don't care about you and you're not going to change them. And, and the, 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 the Hillary Clinton analogy is, is perfect for mm-hmm. me because it, it's, it's this sort of lean-in feminism, right? Yeah. That, that says that if you follow the rules, then the system will, will reward you as if the system was ever meritocratic. Yeah. And it's, it's that, again and again, friends and colleagues who, you know, I, I, I don't ever comment because their, time, their social media timeline is their space and, and, you know, they have the right to express their opinion. But a little bit, bit of me says, like, why weren't you expecting this? Yeah. Right? Why, do you, why were you expecting it to change? Yeah. And why, do you, why are you invested in this kind of change? Uh, what what does it mean ultimately for a woman to win a best director unless that event is accompanied by underpinned by a whole host of other kinds of structural changes on its own how much does it matter yeah well it's an individual change it happens at the level of the individual the award is granted at the level of the individual and just because Catherine Bigelow wins an Academy Award for Best Director and she's standing on stage surrounded by her entire male cast doesn't mean that women are equal now. It just doesn't. And to believe otherwise is to misunderstand what this kind of representation is and what it does. Especially because, and I guess this is, this gets to my confusion in, about the story. An awards sy- system or an awards institution like the Oscars, like the Nobel, like the Booker, if you are in line for that award, then you your privileged position is already fairly secure. So I, I never quite understand a, a personal cultural investment in such a major high-profile awards institution as spreader of privilege yeah right the, the idea that you can use a, a, a win in an oscars as a way to demonstrate that the world is less diverse you know if you if you've got to that point you've already been following the rules anyway yeah and that's not to say that the films you produce or the books you write by following the rules are necessarily bad films or books. Yeah, or that nominating Viola Davis doesn't do anything. It absolutely does. And I will applaud for Viola Davis anytime. But 
that's not spreading privilege. No, no, it's, yeah, which leads me to, we've talked about representation before, the kind of, there's two definitions of representation. One is representation of people in positions of power, um, like a boardroom, women or people of color being represented in a boardroom, um, and representation in a kind of cultural representation sense, and that this is really what we're talking about, um, where there is a an illogical, in the sense that it's a logical fallacy, extrapolation from the individual to the universal when somebody like Catherine Bigelow wins Best Director Award or when somebody like Sofia Coppola is nominated for Best Director, where their success is extrapolated to all women. Therefore, women are more equal now. Or, or, or not to interrupt, but... Or the argument that because of Catherine Bigelow's won, it makes it easier for other women to win. Yes. Yes. Which, of course, now that we have longitudinal data, we know that it's not true. Um, but, of course, back then, you and I probably could have said this wouldn't make any significant structural changes. It's really if you go the other way. It's about thinking the other way. Once there is... A, a completely different looking list of nominees, then we will know that something has changed. But this begs a question. Would the Academy as an institution and would the awards as a spectacle and the framework of the awards, the categories themselves, the rules around them, the nominating process, the the whole kind of arena in which an awards system happens, would it look the same if misogyny had been dismantled, if the patriarchy had been dismantled, if we had achieved racial equality, it wouldn't, right? The, in, the institutions itself themselves would be completely different. They would look fundamentally different from how they look. Yeah, and, and some of this is, is, is sort of technical uh, aspects of filmmaking as well. Uh, Mark Commode has, has said many times that he is waiting for when the Oscars decide to dismantle the best actor and best supporting actor yep and introduce categories for best ensemble yes uh we've mentioned oscars before when we did an episode on spotlight spotlight is a great example of of actually you know quite close to oscar fodder but as as good a film as it was you can see why spotlight did well in the oscars yeah but you could see the producers and the studios having to figure out mm-hmm. who is best actor and best supporting actor mm-hmm. Because none of them are. It's an ensemble. And it's really, really hard to try to fit something that is as commonplace now, really, as, as something as, as an ensemble cast into the categories of award ceremonies. And the point of that is to say that even within the system, there are, there are lots of ways in which the categories that the Oscars recognize are contested. And those contestations are important and lots of other people know much more about those contestations than we do. I guess part of what my issue is, is the way in which it is generally, A, generally accepted that the iconic photogenic moment of a person of color or a woman winning a prize that they're not normally winning 
gets held up as as you as you put it a, a moment of sort of collective liberation mm-hmm. and be how rarely are we then connecting that to the structures and politics of the films that are being recognized as opposed to the people who are doing those films mm-hmm. yeah i mean it it was it was important the year that Denzel Washington and Halle Berry were recognized together, but it was important in the sense we talked about this last week with the monarchy and the concept of the brand. It was important for the Oscars brand and for the industry as an industry. And there is a kind of us them narrative here about people who work in the industry. If you're an insider and the rest of the world who consume what is produced within the industry. And that us-them narrative is very powerful. And in a sense, the Academy functions like the monarchy in that way, as the sort of the queen who doles out the, the moments. And they're in the business of, of emotional manipulation. That, that is what they do. And the Oscars for a while have have been moments of emotional manipulation and that those kind of moments of authentic as in as much as anything in Hollywood can be authentic um but meaningful moments of you know you can call it diversity you can call it um uh more accurate representation of reality I don't know um are are mobilized to protect the system as it is, as opposed to if you were to change the types of films that get rewarded, the types of films that get recognized, the types of films that get backing and funding or that get media support, because of course there is a relationship between the studios and newspapers and critics, um, or that get festival support in, a ter- in kind of the indie world, then you would see the dismantling of the academy as an institution as it is. It or, would, or, or even again, not to interrupt, but yeah, it's there's a sort of I don't know which way that causal relationship is working, right? Like you need to have had that dismantling for there to be rec- these different types of recognition that you're describing. Yes, yeah. So um, I mean, there's lots of examples of high profile snubs, and I think they all illustrate in various ways how this is working. Um, the academy there's trends and patterns they enjoy they enjoy um rewarding movies about the industry itself so movies like la la land once upon a time in hollywood um i mean even the king's speech to a certain extent um they enjoy movies about actors shakespeare and love classic they enjoy seeing themselves reflected on screen. Who doesn't? Everyone loves to be represented in movies, right? Um, They also enjoy a very contained, very carefully managed and packaged um, issue, for want of a better word. Um, if, If your issue is is easily resolvable or fixable or... Or the opposite, yeah, if it's completely unfixable and therefore you don't have the burden. Exactly. Um, um, like how long before the 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 star of the Greta Thunberg biopic gets nominated for Oscar, for an Oscar award? I think that's yeah, 
within the next couple of years we'll yeah. see that right is it going to be a fanning sister i think it might be um so yeah exactly and by keeping the issues pr'd marketed essentially hollywood doesn't have to do the work that other artists are doing um and that lots of women filmmakers and filmmakers of color are doing with far fewer resources um and and because they're invested in keeping it's not a conspiracy right we always say this capitalism is not a conspiracy but there is a real a real reason to keep the industry rolling over and keeping it functioning as normal um, you mentioned high-profile snubs. Uh, that made me think, and you mentioned La La Land in passing. Oh, yeah. Um, to what extent is a snub a recognition? Yes. Right? Did La La Land really materially suffer from not having one best picture? So it wasn't really snubbed. So by snubs, yeah. I mean a classic. So I think Jennifer Lopez is a snub this year. Um, Greta Gerwig, obviously, we talked about her. But I think a... a, a an older snub was Michael B. Jordan in Fruitvale Station. Ryan Coogler is really interesting. We've talked about Black Panther before in passing on the podcast. Um, Ryan Coogler is, he's a really interesting filmmaker, very successful. Um, You know, he makes Black Panther. He's had lots of kind of critical acclaim in his career. Um, And he and Michael B. Jordan have a very successful working relationship. And Fruitvale Station was an issue movie but it was an issue movie that was a little bit a little bit problematic for the academy um and michael b jordan's performance was excellent so if you haven't seen fruitville station highly recommend it it was you know it's it's not like it was a a tiny indie movie you know it's not an underdog movie in in a sense um but it is about a very high profile case one of the kind of early high profile cases of police shooting in recent years and um everyone thought that michael b jordan was going to be the and you use the word token um and i think that's probably accurate that he was going to be recognized um or that he should be recognized and he wasn't i mean as a victim I, of a yeah. police shooting. I, I guess know. what I'm, I mean, this is a slight callback to last week's episode about uh, about the royal family and the point you made there about needing to protect the brand and the way in which the Harry and Meghan Markle story isn't bad for the brand. And I'm wondering to what extent a high-profile snub is neither ba- bad for the Hollywood brand nor indeed that bad for the actual film. Mm. In other words, at what point does the story about the snub become enough to generate buzz and more and more people go and watch it? Yes. Because it was the one that missed out. Um, And then, if that is anywhere near the mark, then, you know, hashtag Oscars so white isn't bad for the brand either. Yeah. Because it's another story of how Hollywood is reinventing itself. and Well, yeah, and then a movie yeah. like Black Panther comes out and everyone's like, hey, representation in Hollywood is changing. Woohoo! You know, so it, it makes that, it makes 
a commercial blockbuster that much more successful. And again, not none of this is to do with the content of films, right? None of this is. Now we more love importantly, more importantly, none of this is to do with the politics of a film. Yeah. Right. The, if if we believe that art is political, which we do, then so little of the debate about diversity and representation talks about the progressive politics or otherwise of the content that is being depicted. And there, there are lots of analogies here, right? Like the we I don't think we've ever even mentioned the the democratic primary that's going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how the the arguments about the fact that the, this the field started as you know one of the most historically diverse fields ever and is now winnowing down to a to a pretty much overwhelmingly white field and how that discussion which is important doesn't necessarily map onto politics or otherwise off let's say a Cory Booker or an Andrew Yang versus a Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. and I, it I'm, we need to come up with that and I don't know how we do this but we need to come up with a framework that manages to combine these two to say yes diversity matters representation is important it is important that we don't keep recognizing the work of white men and only white men but somehow in that discussion we have to bring in the politics of the content yeah whether it's the the political positions of a of a particular politician or the the politics of a particular film or book yeah and i wonder if that because we start to move away from representation and towards discourse and it's i think it's interesting that there's been a lot of conversation and debate around representation in the last i don't know 20 years whereas the conversation about discourse hasn't taken off in the same way um it certainly has i mean i, I think you and i probably read with interest social media kind of memes or stories about a kind of an unpacking of a of a movie or an unpacking of a novel or something like that you know but um that's i don't think that's the same thing as representation and i think to elide them is to miss out on the way that stories language um And ultimately, discourse are working. And that's a different thing from representation. But, but that is the thing that will challenge the brand. Yes. Right? If, if anything can, that is the thing that will challenge the brand. Yes. Um, we mentioned before we turned the machine on the latest development in the Miss America. Uh, oh, yes. Awards. Uh the current holder of, of the Miss America title, uh, the, the news story where we're reading it wonderfully described it as a job within quotation marks. <laughs> person who has the job of Miss America uh, won it, and this was this was seen widely seen as a similar moment of sort of photogenic liberation. Uh, uh, the they, they have a skills or a talent round. It's a talent round, and but her, now yeah. presumably it's called a skills round. And and the the her, her, 
Miss Miss Pennsylvania, I think she was the who, who won. Her 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 talent, her skill was chemistry, and she did a chemistry experiment in in a white coat, and that this was seen as a as a big moment for women in science. But of course, it's a moment that reinforces what is still a hideously toxic brand, <laughs> right? Like you 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 can't get out of the the problems, the clear unambiguous problems of misogyny that exist in the concept of a beauty contest by saying we are reinventing it by by having women do science. And I'm not saying that that is the same as as a woman director winning best director. Of course it's not. But I wonder if there is more of a similarity than we think in terms of superficial cosmetic changes that don't actually tackle the politics of an industry. Yeah, because the industry itself is doing pretty well. And and would continue to do well mm-hmm. with a with a diverse and less misogynist system of recognition. Yes. That you know, as important and I think I guess this is what it comes down to. It is important to fight for a more diverse and a more gender equal mm-hmm. set of award nominees and winners while knowing that that on its own wouldn't do anything to challenge the problems of the institution. Yes. Right? The, the academy is going to carry on doing well. Black Panther, one of the reasons why Black Panther was a, a, a particular moment, I think, is it showed that a particular kind of genre film can be successful with a predominantly black cast. And that the importance of that success presumably implies that there'll be you know Marvel has just yeah. announced its first transgender hero and so on and 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 these these forms of diversity as important as they are they will carry on, but unless we adapt our adapt our discourse to to include include the politics of the content, everything else can be commodified right and 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 oscars will carry on exactly the way they are the you know the ramifications of me too will disappear and the the latent and ex- sometimes explicit racial and misogynistic violence will carry on and and the perpetrators will continue to be protected and the visual importance of a female director winning best director will become an alibi to hide that yeah uh, which is not what we want. No. Probably good enough point to end. Yeah. Um, let us know if that made any sense. What was the best movie you watched this year? Oh, well, this I guess a, it was last year. This is uh, well, Black Panther, I think, probably. That's before last year. Was it 2018 Black Panther? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 2019 has been a particularly sort of what's the word fallow year for me in terms of of cinema uh. been watching more telly i think and just yes. just been busy and you know haven't been i haven't been to the cinema in, in a very very long time in a shameful long time yes um but yeah what's the best film you've seen um i don't know i watched marriage story the other night overrated uh as is the Irishman. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching Little Women as a it's a very beautiful film. 
you know, everyone go see it. Uh, but so, it, I did not enjoy it as an adaptation of the book. I think it missed the whole point of the book. The two two films to to um to recommend because I've been watching lots of sport films because I'm teaching a module in sport. Oh yes, Battle of the Sexes. Oh yeah, is is really worth watching. It's it's really fascinating. Steve Carell and Emma Stone. Yes, and there's a new two part HBO documentary called What's My Name uh, about Muhammad Ali. Ah and, yes, and, and again, pretty much entirely constructed of archival footage. Yeah, cool. Uh, but but definitely worth watching. Cool. Are you showing Lagan? I'm showing Lagan. Okay, but so for our listeners, for any of our listeners who don't know what Lagan is, this is my last plug. So I watched Lagan over a period of two weeks in my Hindi class in college, and I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it before because it was it it was up for Academy. I think it won, right? Won the did not win did, the foreign no, film. I think it was nominated. It, so in a very very successful film, and um, it is. Perfect for white people. Cricket and taxes. White people will love it. <laughs> it's it's very diverse. Yeah, it's no, it's it's very good. It's a great it's movie. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, look after yourselves, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I have been Hannah Fitzpatrick. And I have been Anindya Vichaudhvi. You can contact me on Twitter at Dr. H. Fitz. And me at Dr. Anindya R. Our show is on Facebook at State of the Theory Podcast and on Twitter at Theory Doctors. Our music is provided by the Agrarians and this has been State of the Theory. Thank you. Thank you.